0: Welcome back to The Dots for Thursday, November 2nd. Uh, Chase with you. It'll be just me today. I believe Zach is on a jet at the moment. Um, so I'll run through the market today. Not a dull day in the market today. S&P was up 1.9, basically. Uh, NASDAQ about 1.8. Uh, small caps were up two point about 2.7%. Um, and along those lines, Arc was up over 8%. Uh, I would say there's a clear, clear short squeeze went on today. I know the Goldman Sachs um, most shorted index was up, uh, I think, well over 5% last I saw. So some of this is legit buying based on, hey, well, if treasury yields are going to go flying lower and the Fed's done, then I better buy everything. And uh, that kind of those that most shorted, uh, basket of stocks has actually been doing great so a lot of people have done w- really well on the short side and they you know got blown out this week and a lot of people have done a lot of covering so a lot of the buying come from that but a lot of it you know is just legit hey if yields are going to go down like i'm I'm good now um, of course the flip side of that is as we go from you know weaker data uh, to bad data at some point that that filters into earnings in in quarters ahead and you're already starting to see that in some of the guidance and some of what, what management teams are talking about for like fourth quarter in 2024 um, demand. But you have to get through this um, bad news is good news kind of situation before that. So this, I, I, as I kind of talked about yesterday, I really think this rally could have could have some legs and could stay violent. That is, an, unless of course we get some macro data that is really hot. So obviously the jobs report comes out hot tomorrow, then we're going to go flying back in the other direction. Um, but more a little more than that later. Uh, for the rest of prices, uh two-year bond was up about four basis points, whereas the ten was down about seven, and the thirty was down twelve basis points. So, we, th- at this point, we have essentially unwound over a fourth of the the rip in yields um, over the last three months. So, uh, the Treasury just kind of reshuffling wh- what paper they're going to sell has dramatically reduced uh, financial conditions, which. I think the two-year kind of finally figured that out today. Like, oh, maybe this means this will pressure the Fed to actually hike again uh, now that the Treasury is not doing the Fed's – not helping them do their job. Um, Oil was up about 2.5% today. Volatility got smashed. The dollar was down about half a percent. Yesterday, it looked like the euro was breaking down on the chart, and then it just snapped back and ripped um, today. So, getting some volatility and – uh fX for the first time in a while i would say um that was the biggest things i wanted to cover on on the kind of price side that uh, amazingly enough uh the, the leader today was was energy and after that we had uh, a really strong day in um, real estate so utilities like any, anything that's kind of tied to yields had had a good day um, but from the fundamental side one thing i will say that, that gives this move a little bit of legitimacy um is cyclicals versus defensives like they've been very strong this week not not as strong as the market which kind of makes sense given the squeeze but about half as strong as the market which leads me to believe half of this move is legit and half of it's kind of just short covering um but that was something i found interesting uh real estate had a really good day up almost three percent i think it was and then uh energy actually was up three percent um uh, we'll, we'll go over data cause there was a good bit of data today. And we'll talk a little bit more about what we have tomorrow. We had, uh, job cuts, which came out, uh, I don't know, not a big deal either way to me, um, kind of weak really. So not, not too many job cuts yet, which we also saw in continuing claims, uh, continuing jobs claims, even though they beat by 7,000, it's still a low number. So nothing to really be concerned about there on the flip side, continuing claims, those beat by a good bit again. Um, and they were, they were up. Uh, twenty eight thousand month over month. So those are really starting to rip, and the the spread of those versus initial claims is also starting to rip. And about to, I mean, you're incredibly close to putting in a new cycle high on that. So that's telling me that yeah, people aren't getting laid off yet, but people are are struggling to find a job now. So for instance, I, I think tomorrow um, the expectation that unemployment rate stays at three point eight might might be wrong. I think at least three point nine is definitely possible based on the fact that people are struggling to find work. Um, and I think we know that people are entering the labor force. Um, we also had factory orders, durable goods, cap goods, all all that stuff was either, um, in line or a little low except factory orders, which were, those beat, those are, those are pretty strong. Um, but those, it's also pretty noisy data. So I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Obviously tomorrow, what we have, the big thing is jobs Friday. So we're expecting 180,000 new jobs created. We're expecting the unemployment rate to stick at 3.8. We're expecting um, average hourly earnings to go from 4.2 to 4 year over year. I think that number also is going to come in lower. So I think that's going to have a three handle. I would not be shocked if average hourly earnings was another 0.2 month over month instead of the expected 0.3. And then we'll also have the ISM services uh, tomorrow, which is expected to be at 53 um, I don't really have an opinion on that, but I'm watching it close because if that continues to weaken, I think that's a big story. Um, so just a few, few things I want to talk about first. Oh, another piece of data that came out was, um, was productivity and it, and it was, it was very healthy. It was, it was a very solid print for productivity. Um, let's see. It came in at 4.7% when we were expecting 4.3%. Um, that's notable because 4.7% is, is above like sort of like the malaise of the post GFC era um obviously it spiked higher at one point in 2020 which was very noisy but um but kind of the last 10 years that's above normal so it's telling you like oh we are actually getting some productivity here um on the flip side though that is a derivative of gdp gdp you know on the quarter was mostly consumption so you don't really want to put a lot of um emphasis on productivity as it as it pertains to consumption that's a little dangerous but at the same time something that popped into my head today and it um it kind of shows the power of productivity um is starbucks starbucks had a very good quarter um stock was up about 10 percent today um same same store sales up eight percent traffic's up three percent but their tickets you know big big ticket stuff is selling great like legitimately just really strong quarter for starbucks and i i think one of the reasons for that is they found a lot of productivity and no it's not in not because they put chat, chat GPT, you know, in their app or anything. It's just, be, it's just, honestly, it's really a simple thing um, of, you know, and it's not just this last quarter, but it's, uh, I think in the last year, they made it to where you just do the mobile order and you go pick it up. It sounds really simple. It sounds like kind of an obvious thing to do, you know, with mobile technology, but it was kind of a game changer for them. Their sales like really picked up whenever they, they added that feature. And when I think about it as a consumer, um, something that keeps me from doing a lot of shopping is wasting time. I I just hate spending time in lines. I hate spending time in in shops. So when I can just add uh, an order through an app real quick and then just go grab it and I know it's going to be ready for me and I don't have to wait my kind of uh, a marginal propensity to buy things goes up. Absolutely. And I think that's true for a lot of people and it makes them more productive because um, you know, instead of having, instead of standing around, uh, waiting for the next person to come in or, you know, someone seeing a long line and being like, Nope, forget that. I got to get to work. People are putting these mobile orders in and it keeps their employees, you know, consistently uh, kind of more occupied, make, making money, making, you know, the, the, the drinks and food that, that all their revenue comes from. So that is like a small, you know, little story that I think shows like how productivity can jump, not just because of AI, but because of things we're still figuring out that are, um, good ways to use just simple things like the internet and, and uh, smartphones. Um, and it's weird to think that we could have a productivity renaissance based on something that simple, but I, I actually think that is possible. I, obviously the more important part for productivity is going to be in, in making stuff, not, you know, selling coffee. Um, and that's, that's the kind of stuff we might possibly get still in the future from, you know, robotics and automation. Uh, new materials we're able to make, thanks to AI, all these kinds of things. Um, I think the biggest one would be to keep people from being sick. If people were were a lot sick less, a lot healthier, um, then they'd be able to get a lot more done, and we'd have a kind of a productivity boom just just on the back of that. So maybe AI is not going to be the productivity miracle we all think because it makes, uh, you know, and answers our our dumb questions. We ask it all day in in a little chat box, but maybe it'll be, it creates some, some new drugs via AI that help us be, you know, healthy enough to go to work every day. But um, that's all for that. I um, also wanted to go through a couple of just interesting things that I've bumped into in my research today. One, the Magnificent 7 stocks, they're trading at 28X, but the rest of the S&P is actually trading at 16X. To me, 15 is kind of that range where it's like normal, it feels okay to buy. Um, So the fact that everything but the Magnificent Seven, and remember, equal weight is even with the rip in the last few days, equal weight is down year to date. So that 493 is not having a good year, but it's also cheap. Like it's not well, not cheap. I shouldn't say, but but it's like reasonably valued. Whereas the Magnificent Seven is pushing out, you know, almost 30 times. Um, So I thought that was a little interesting. And then something that I've that I bumped into today that I think might be one of the most interesting things I've come across in a long time and it's kind of mind blowing. It was a um, Schwab asset management did a survey and it shows that millennials own 45% bonds and 55% stocks. So you would think they would be just all in on stocks, right? Young people, they got tons of of runway ahead of them for their investment lives, but they're actually almost 50-50 stocks and bonds, whereas baby boomers are (laughs) 69% stocks and 31% bonds. So the people that are supposed to hold bonds near the end of their life for the safety um, are actually kind of all in on stocks. And yet young people who don't even have that much savings yet are kind of 50-50 when they should probably – these should at least be flipped, if not if not more. And, and it holds across all age groups as um, Gen X is kind of in between the two at 63 to 37. So I, I was just really shocked by that, that I, I would have expected – Really aggressive um, investing for millennials—kind of like a revenge catch-up kind of thing. Where you know, I, I think a lot of people view young people as out there doing a bunch of YOLO trades to try and make all the money they they didn't make um, to this point in their lives. You know, we as a millennial, we are behind. You know, where the prior generations were at this age when it comes to uh, especially wealth accumulation. So, I I was just shocked by that. I thought some other folks might find that one interesting. Um, So that's all I have for today. Uh, Tomorrow, again, remember, we'll have the all-important jobs data. I think um, anything kind of in line, you're just going to get a continuation of what we've seen the last few days. If it comes in really weak, I think – well, I should say if it comes in weak, I think you'll see um, asset prices just love it. And obviously, if it comes in strong, that will be a headwind. And if it comes in real strong, not only do I think it's a headwind, but I think it's kind of a nasty one. I don't really expect it to come in strong. Like all all the trends I see and all all the um, kind of leading indicators and under the hood data I watch in in the labor market all suggests, like, no, it should come in, you know. I mean, it might beat, but it's not going to come in just gangbusters. But if that data does not hold, if those kind of leading indicators do not hold and it does come in gangbusters, if it's 3.5% unemployment and 400,000 jobs, um you know 4.3% wage growth something like that then i think you could have a 3 to 5% down day um in, in equities i and you would see bond yields just ripping higher you're currently under a 20% chance for a hike in december i think that would have to re-rate up to like 70 80% maybe even you know within just the day um which would be a big problem for markets again i don't really expect that to happen but as a thought experiment you know as a trader i think it's important to kind of think about um as you head into tomorrow morning but that's all I had for today um stay tuned be sure to listen to um Zach's interview tomorrow that's one you're absolutely not going to want to miss um uh, that's all I have for today thank you and you can download it and dis- and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com cheers see you next week